Welcome to Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. We provide content to help men become the men they want to be. My name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers, but I'm on a journey, and maybe you are too, if that's why you're here. On today's show, I'm extremely excited to have my friend, the senior pastor of our congregation, Sean McNay, with us. Some people call him coach as he's the local high school boys coach, baseball coach. Some people call him pastor. I feel blessed to call him friend. Sean has been in ministry for a number of years. Before that, Sean worked with George Fox University, where he was the, let me get this right, I wrote it down, dean of students. And before that, worked in administration, I believe. And on today's show, we want to talk about the value for men and people overall of living a life of gratitude. It has amazing, amazing payoff in your life to focus on gratitude. And some people are a little uncomfortable with the idea of that, and some people don't even know what we're talking about. So stick around at the end of the show. we got something really special for you. We're going to roll our opening clip. We'll be right back, and we'll see you in a minute. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. It is my honor today to have my friend, Sean McNay, with me. Sean is the senior pastor at our local congregation. And Sean, I'm going to shut up for a minute and just have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, wow, that's a, that's a blank check, so I'll, I'll try to handle that well. Um, first of all, thank you for inviting me, Brent, and thank you for calling me friend, because right back at you, um, I, I'm thankful to be a friend with you, and um, I'm looking forward to our conversation. But a little bit about me, um, I was born and raised in Montana. Uh, I am the youngest of four boys. And of my three brothers, uh, two of them are still on this earth, and one awaits us in heaven. So I'm the youngest of four boys, Scott, Reed, Lindsay, and Sean. My brother Reed is in heaven, and that was a significant event in my life, his passing in 2012. Um, From Montana, I went to college in Western Oregon at George Fox College then, and when I graduated, I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. I ended up getting a job in admissions, recruiting students. I stayed for 15 years. Wow. Uh, not, not expecting to stay there. Um, and while I was at George Fox, one of the things that uh, I enjoyed a lot was uh, playing baseball. I got a chance to play baseball there. I met my wife, my bride, Diane, there. Uh, we've been married since 1984. So we've been married 36 years, 37 this coming April. Ah, uh-huh. congratulations. Um, and we have three. When, when in April, i got to ask, because Sarah and I are in April, too. April 14th. Ah, so a week apart. Okay, well, I'm glad you, because uh, I was going to say, are you hesitating because you don't know the day? No, or, no, I also okay, know the day. Boy, that would be the fallible man, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? <laughs> to admit that live on air, that would be awesome. Um, so uh, Diane and I have three children, Zachary, Lacey, and Libby. Uh, they're all adult children and uh, the joys of our life, really. Um, I've been pastoring for 20 years. Tw- make that 22. The first 11 were in Newburgh, uh, where I had worked at George Fox University, and we were going to a church there 
I was part of the lay leadership. Our pastors left. Some Somebody on the, the leadership board there said, how about you? And I laughed. And uh, looking back at the Bible, I don't think you should laugh. You either end up pregnant or leading people out of Egypt. So um, I ended up being the senior pastor at that church after being in the congregation for 15 years. I pastored there in Northside Community Church in River, Oregon for 11. And then the Lord made it real clear to us that that chapter was coming to an end and we didn't know where we would be, um, what we would be doing or where we would be going. But, but he led us to Quincy, Washington, where 11 years ago we started pastoring here. And that's how you and I met. So that's, that's a, oh, and I guess I would say, um, along with pastoring here, you mentioned that I get a chance to coach baseball at the high school. My first nine years of that experience were just as a volunteer assistant. Um, I was the pitching coach. Um, one thing led to another. I applied for an open position after serving under four head coaches in that nine years. And they rolled the dice. They hired me. And then our season was shut down because of COVID. And uh, I guess the silver lining in that is I'm still undefeated as a head coach. Hey, so, eh? right? <laughs> so, but we'll get that monkey off our back as soon as we play a few games. Um, but we love life in Quincy. Absolutely love it. So that's a little bit about me. All right. Well, Sean, as you know, uh, this will air tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I'm going to edit like a crazed monkey tonight and uh, get this up on both audio and video tomorrow. But with Thanksgiving upon us, like I told you, this was kind of a, I was actually working on my normal podcast that goes live every Wednesday morning and I was getting it done and ready for the week. And I realized like, wow, it is Thanksgiving. And so for all my listeners out there, whether you're religious or not, now is the time of year to think about Thanksgiving and to be grateful, right? It's good to have one day a year that we set aside to be grateful. But what I propose to you is that gratitude is better than that. I, for lack of a better, more articulate way to say it, living a life of gratitude has a much bigger value than just doing it one day a year. Learning to live a life of gratitude, I believe, really, as a man, helps you have a better outlook and a better perspective and makes you better equipped as a man in this world to live and fill the roles that you're asked to fulfill. Whether you're a husband or a father or a grandparent or you're just a young guy on your own and still haven't settled into a relationship, you will be a better man if you learn to live life full of gratitude. And I really believe that. And so today I just wanted to have a conversation about gratitude and the benefits of living a life full of gratitude. So there are quite a few health benefits. I did research this show, even though it was last minute, I, I spent a lot of time Google searching this because we all know that Google holds the answers Absolutely. to everything, right? Uh, if you want to be a, if you want to be a nuclear physicist, you can find it on Google. That's did you ever see that quote? Some actress learned, said something on a talk show about, I have a degree from the University of Google. Wow. If that's real, then uh, that's incredibly shallow. 
<laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> We're all rogue scholars, and we just didn't even know. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, when I was doing some research for the show, I came across all kinds of benefits. Um, I've had some mental health issues in my family over the years. Uh, I have some depression in my family, and I've dealt with some depression issues over the years. And I've found that living a life with gratitude as a focus helps with those issues. It actually has, it lowers your blood pressure. Um, it boosts your immune system. We can all appreciate that right now, right? I think uh, vitamin C is selling out of stores faster than they can stock it. Ironically, it doesn't actually help your immune system that much. But, you know, all of us can appreciate the fact that it boosts our immune system and it increases your overall just physical health because you sleep better, your digestion works better, and all the odd things. So, Sean, what is your take on just the physical and mental, mental benefits from your perspective? Um, well, I, I like what you said just a few moments ago about whether or not you're a person of faith or maybe you said religious. Um, because some people think that gratitude and faith, uh, a life of faith of being a Christ follower, go together. They certainly are. I mean, Christ and his apostles talked about gratitude, but you don't have to be a person of faith to practice gratitude, right? Uh, that That's one of the core concepts we have in our public school baseball program. We I talked to our guys about being men of gratitude. And the reason is, it, if you're thankful, if you are showing gratitude, you have an outward glance. And that outward glance, like you said, the, the physical benefits for it, the physical mental, um, are incredible. Because if you are uh, focused on yourself, you can sink into... I, I'll just speak for myself. I can and have sunk into very selfish cycles in my life. And selfishness is uh, marked by a couple of things. One is self-loathing, um, shame, poor self-esteem on one hand. And ironically, on the other hand, um, a, a pride, pride that is way too blown up. You think, how can, how can self-loathing and shame and pride, but well, there's a thin line between those two things. But both of them bring us down physically, emotionally. And when we, when, when I practice gratitude, I'm intentionally getting outside of myself. I'm getting my eyes off myself and onto others, thanking them, building them up, um, by showing gratitude and putting my focus somewhere besides myself because whether we know it or not, we so often, isn't that the human existence? It's so self-focused. And I'm a guy too, Brent, that has um, battled with, I think I'm, uh, I wish I, I wish I was stronger or somehow, you know, but I, I've really, I've battled with depression uh, in my life, in my adult life. And gratitude has been, as good a antidepressant for me as just about anything I've, I've ever tried. Uh, so I, I don't know if that answers your question, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. It has mental and physical benefits. 
I've noticed, so I'm, I'm a bit of an insomniac. Um, I've always struggled with sleep. Uh, I'm, I'm in high school. I probably averaged two hours a night if I'm lucky. Uh, and it's been like, I think high school is when I first noticed it, but it's always been a difficulty for me. Um, and I even had one of those, you know, smart watches for several years. Right. And we don't, I, I don't know how accurate those things are, but they do show you a consistent baseline if you wear them long enough. And according to those and the sleep study I had, I, I think I hit room sleep for like two minutes a night if I'm lucky. Um, I sleep in the very barely fall asleep. I hear everything that happens. Um, I actually sleep better with head with, uh, not headphones, but earplugs because I hear everything. I'm too alert even when I sleep to fall to a deep sleep. But one of the things I found, especially when I'm really struggling, is that's how I, I go to sleep. Is I just I fall asleep and I do it praying, you can do it just listening them off, whatever, you know, makes you feel better. But I just spend time thanking God for all the little details in my life. And I I fall asleep more times than I can count, especially uh I was on the road traveling a couple of years ago for my company and I was away from my family. That was really, really getting to me. And that's how I fell asleep. I'd be gone for 25 days at a time. And that's how I fell asleep every night in the hotel was just, I sit there and pray and just list all the things that I was grateful for and just focusing on saying thank you because we don't do that enough. I don't think. And I slept so it, it was the only times I actually fell asleep. Otherwise I, I tossed and turned all night and, you know, this, uh, I think the pandemic has touched everybody, right? Whether somebody has contracted the virus or not. And um, with it has come an incredible amount of stress. So I would guess that insomnia mm-hmm. is um, at record levels. Rampant at yeah. this point. Um, and one of the things that um, I've been doing over the last year and a half is I just started walking. Right. I, I felt like I, I felt like I, I needed to have some outlet for the stress, and I was, I was the couch potato, <laughs> um, and I so I started walking, and um, I actually started walking in the very early morning, um, and I found it to be a time where. In the process of walking, I, I, I've done a lot of listening to worship playlists and just listening to scripture. Um, so the, those probably, I would say, 80 to 85% of the things that I listen to when I'm walking. But it's it turns in, almost every walk turns into some sort of, a hat, at least it has a time of Thanksgiving. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was out before first light. And I was walking under a clear sky, and I could see the stars. And I I started to feel emotionally overwhelmed. Like, Mm -hmm. I could see the Milky Way, right? Like, um, Todd Phillips of uh, Toad the Wet Sprocket. There, there, I'm dating myself. (laughs) Um, Sings a song. I know who they are. Comment in the comment section if you know who Toad the Wet Sprocket is. There's there's a song uh, that that they put out oh, a few years back called Constellation, and he has this lyric where he describes that he is a speck on a speck on a spiral arm, right? 
So the, the Milky Way being a spiral arm of a galaxy, right. right? And I was looking up at the sky, probably, I was probably out at, uh, 435 and, and it hit me. I am a speck on a speck on a spiral arm. And God created everything I'm looking at. And he knows me. And I, I just, as I was walking, I, was overwhelmed with gratitude. And um, I'm not, uh, this isn't about being a guy and being tough. I just, tears don't come easily to me. But I, I had a moment where it was like, how, how, you know me, you care about me, and I am the smallest speck on a speck in this universe. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Right? And it was it was a real sincere kind of unexpected moment of gratitude that man I, I felt like I drank a you know a Gatorade after a hard workout or something it just it was invigorating because um, it felt very personal and relational just between me and this God that created all of the things that were overwhelming to look at. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan. So, um, and I apologize if you guys are watching this on video. I keep reaching over and touching my computer. I'm not trying to be rude. I, I'm adjusting audio levels because I'm a one man show on this one. So, uh, if I reached over, sorry, sorry catching that on the video. Um, no, one of the things we like to do at the Fallible Man is we talk about real masculinity versus the misnomer of masculinity uh, in a world where toxic masculinity has become a hot term. I'm, I'm very much against that because real masculinity isn't toxic. And we've gotten this bad idea. Um, and I'll put a link up here. I did a whole episode about uh, how Hollywood has corrupted our ideals of what masculinity is. And some men, my, my father cries every now and then. There, there's nothing wrong with crying when you're moved or, um, you know, my, my daughter said something the other night and I was like, <laughs> you know, I get, get a little weepy. She's like, dad, are you crying? She's like, no, I'm eating hot sauce. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, uh, it's perfectly healthy and there is a time and place for everything. Right. Um, so let's move on to socially. How do you, how do you think? Living a life of gratitude affects you socially, right? We're uh, we're very big on the term of social because we have social media and social networks. And ironically, I do this and I hate social media. <laughs> well, I I think that um, how does it affect me socially? I I think people recognize when someone recognizes them. Right, you know, we. It's pretty easy to be kind of bothered or put off by somebody who's just full of themselves, right? Like the kind of person where you'd say, "Well, man, you might make heaven if you don't overshoot it." You think, you know, you're you're a cup of coffee and a bag of chips all put together, and but those kind of people are they they kind of turn you off. So when somebody like it towards me is, is grateful or thankful, if I have a baseball player, somebody, like I received a text out of the blue, 
um, this last week from two or three different people in the church just saying, thanking me for something as, um, for something I'd done as their pastor. And, and it just, receiving it, receiving gratitude just makes you feel like a million bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And when, when I'm on the giving end of that, right, when I'm, like I said earlier, getting outside of myself, having that outward glance and extending gratitude, you can see that people are encouraged. They're built up there. The, the scripture word will be edified, right? They're built up. And, um, like I, I've done, I've gone on service trips and done service work, you know, that might be a day long or a week long. And you always hear, man, that, the person that goes and gives gets more than, than what they gave, right? And so the way that it affects me socially is I, I'm less judgmental and I can be a real judgmental piece of work. Um, I am, I am a fallible man. Um, and when I'm, when I'm given gratitude and, and I'm a person of thanksgiving, um, I'm less so, right? And, and and I, I end up feeling better about myself. And I truly, personally, I enjoy seeing people encouraged. That just turns my crank when people are encouraged. And so it, it affects my outlook. Um, I, I, I'm a person of more hope. Um, um, I have more energy. Um, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the opposite effect of when I'm focused on myself, I tend to become more pessimistic. Um, and pessimistic, Sean, is just not a lot of fun to be around. So that's kind of, those are some of my thoughts about how it affects me socially. I know when I try and focus on gratitude more in my life, that I tend to treat other people better. Um, I, I think it alters your perspective a lot to approach things with gratitude. If you're busy being grateful for the gifts, the blessings, the luck, whatever you want to call it, guys, your thing. But I call it blessings. If you're focused on the blessings in your life and just being grateful for that, it's really hard to let negative things uh, fill your life, I think. And so I tend to treat other people better and see the better in other people because I'm so busy just trying to be grateful for, like, I'm, I'm grateful that you have, I, I know you got a busy schedule. You managed to fit this podcast in. And this was, guys, this was so spur of the moment. I, I texted Sean out of the blue. I was like, hey, by the way, I do a podcast. I'd really like to do this episode. Do you have time? And he's like, well, I do, but it's on this day. Is that going to be too late? And, uh, but I mean, it was, it was just an out of the blue text. It was like, well, there's an off chance I can get on a schedule. Because growing up a preacher's kid, I know how very busy you guys can get. Um, uh, you're making me sound way more important than I am. My real motivation is <laughs> I've dreamed of being a YouTube influencer. So that's really, well, hey, yeah, I mean, I, I hate I, to break it to you. You're not going to get that on my channel. <laughs> <laughs> I am not YouTube famous yet. I'm YouTube famous in my kids' eyes. I think is amazing when I'm on YouTube. I, I, I don't have the heart to just take that away and be like, 
I could put you on YouTube tonight, baby. Just don't put, don't pop the bubble. Yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let that one ride. That whole Superman thing when your kids are little still, <laughs> they still think I can leap tall buildings in a single bound. So I don't want to. Yeah, my kids are adults. They they know better. They know that I got about a quarter inch vertical. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, my 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 kids are starting to learn that having my parents live with us because uh, they now they're getting all the dirt. Did, was was that does Daddy actually is Daddy ever ticklish? Yes. See, I knew you were lying, Dad. <laughs> yeah, so. But no, I, I, you know, I'm grateful that you were willing to take the time because you didn't have to. But being focused on that really helps me treat other people better. Um, when I focus, I think, on being grateful, I just have less room to let things that would normally bother me bother, bother me. So I, I think it has that interaction. I'm nicer to the people I work with. And uh, I'm 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 the mean one at work. There's a proverb that says, "Where there is no vision, people perish." Right? It's this idea that if somebody doesn't have an idea of where they're headed or going into the future, kind of anticipatory consciousness, hope, mm-hmm. that if they don't have that out in front of them, that they the word perish. It can also mean kind of cast off restraint. And uh, one of the benefits of gratitude is, for me at least, I tend to get a more focused hope of the future and what I'm wanting to achieve or where I'm going. And and my outlook is, this sounds so cheesy, sunnier, right? To have a sunny outlook, but to have a hopeful outlook. And... That brings with it an energy to cut through some of the natural difficulties that we encounter in life. Um, so being, practicing, not just receiving, but giving a whole practice of gratitude helps me have a hope for the future. And it's like I, I took a trip over to Seattle and back and I had to stop to get gasoline, right? I had to, I had to fill up my car. Well, it, practicing gratitude is like a filling station experience. You, you can progress on, right? And I don't know, my tank gets filled up. And I, I don't think that that's unique to me. I think that's a, a universal experience for people when we practice gratitude. Guys, we're in a cut. we got to pay the bills real quick, so... We're going to cut to our sponsors at Common Man OCR, physical fitness for the everyday man as our primary sponsor, along with, of course, myself, The Fallible Man, www.thefallibleman.com. We're going to roll our uh, sponsor clip, and we'll be right back with you. Today's episode brought to you by thefallibleman.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com and check out our blog updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at The Fallible Man or at Fallible Man on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. All right, guys. Uh, welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed the clip that you were watching that. 
We're here with Sean McNay talking about benefits of gratitude in your life and how that makes you a better man. And honestly, you know, normally my audience is men, but all around, guys, I think it's, it's applicable to everybody. I always say the word wrong. Is that applicable or applicable? Both. Both? Tomato, tomato. Oh, the English language is so confusing. <laughs> um, I, I think it applies to everybody equally. Whether you're a man or a woman, I think living a life of gratitude is very valuable. We were talking about how it affects you socially, and I don't have this on our notes, so I'm going to surprise you with this one. Um, you said you and Diane have been married for how long now? 36 years. 36 years. I'm, I'm checking, so that way when she watches this, <laughs> she, he got it right, Diane. It's okay. So you guys have been married for 36 years. How do you think that affects you as a husband and a father in those relationships? Um, well, sadly, Diane and I, in those 36 years, she's she's gone up and down with me. Um, Diane is, is what I, I would say very emotionally steady and even. And I'm on the roller coaster in the, in the relationship. So Diane has been through some tough seasons with me where uh, I, I was pretty self-focused. Um, not surprisingly, some of those seasons involved uh, depression, um, you know, lack of self-control. Uh, just, and I, I go back to the name of this podcast. Uh, she has been married to a fallible guy. But um, the upside of it is, in 36 years, we've been through some valleys. But as we've practiced... And I think established more and more habits of gratitude. Diane was raised in a home where uh, Thanksgiving gratitude was a core value. I don't know that there was lots of talk about it. There was just lots of practice. Um, I, I experienced it in my own family, but I would say that it was probably more accentuated in her family, and that's influenced our family, not just our marriage relationship, but um, our nuclear family of our three children, and um, man, that, that that to me is like my father-in-law, mother-in-law. My mother-in-law uh, passed away a few years ago, and so we'll get to be reunited with her um, in heaven. But Jack and Florence Hansen, they sowed seeds into their daughter that have sprouted a harvest in, in like in, in my family, in my life and in my family that Diane and I have added to and practiced. And uh, I, you know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure where our marriage would be if we hadn't experienced uh, the blessing of that as a heritage in our, our family and then practiced it ourselves. Um, it's, it's conceivable that Sean and Diane might not have made it 36 years. That That's, I'm just, as I think about it, it's a pretty powerful effect of gratitude that it can be, as it were, glue that holds you together. Very functional part of making marriage work. Yes. So, actually, I wanted to use that to transition, too, because... I believe I heard your lovely wife say once that she keeps a gratitude journal. Is that right? Did I hear her well, right? Well, she journals and, and lots 
oh man, it's um, she journals prayers and Diane practices. She's very intentional about uh, practicing Thanksgiving. Uh, when when we had the stay at home and stay healthy lockdown orders here in the state of Washington, um, she took out a big piece of butcher paper and put it up on the wall, and we started right making a Thanksgiving poster. And I, I think it was in March. And we filled that up and put it on a door kind of in our mudroom. And now we have another one. Things that we're thankful for. And it, we're writing out things and drawing pictures. I, I'm more of a stick figure guy. Um, <laughs> me, me too. That's why I'm not a tattoo artist. I'm a, yeah. yeah I'm a, that, that was one of my aspirations. And then I realized that stick figures were a challenge. And I don't think tattoo artists should be that limited. No, no uh, but uh, so anyway, we have these 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 uh, butcher paper posters of Thanksgiving. So it's another form of a Thanksgiving journal. But Diane, you could ask our kids, her friends, her her sisters. They they would be able to tell you that she is a practitioner of gratitude, and she has greatly influenced me. Um, I, I like to think of myself as a realist rather than a pessimist, but uh, I, I'll, I'll tend towards pessimism. And I think um, all of us pessimists say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've used that very same argument. <clears throat> but I, I would say that Diane is, um, boy, she's influenced my life. And I think we can, in, we, you don't have to be married to somebody to influence their life with, with a core value of gratitude, practicing gratitude, but that's one of the hallmarks of my bride. Well, that's, that's why I was, our, our next subject is that we're going to talk about, uh, common practices to help people practice their gratitude. You know, with today being Thanksgiving, I'm going to say today because this will be on air tomorrow, which will be today. Oh, the world of publishing stuff, right? Um, with, with it being Thanksgiving, people are more conscientious, conscientious. See if I can talk right today of gratitude right now and of Thanksgiving and being thankful for the things in their lives. Um, and I mean, we celebrate in interesting ways for that. Uh, big birds and meat, slabs of meat and overeating ourselves, right? Which is a very strange practice to me. But I know people practice gratitude in a different way, but it helps to. It helps keep you more focused, I believe, to develop your own practice of gratitude. And uh, that's why I asked about Diane, because I knew she journaled. And some people keep just direct gratitude journals. Uh, I saw a couple of really cool ideas on the internet. Tell me what you think of this. So uh, besides a gratitude journal, gratitude jars. So someone had mason jars on their counter, and they would write down things they were thankful for and drop slips of paper in a mason jar. I like that. So, uh, I thought it was a very nice visual representation, kind of like your butcher paper. Yeah. And there's another one, right, with the butcher paper. That was a really cool idea you guys had, to just have that visual. Because um, I think we get so busy these days, right? Our lives become so... We are experts at creating busyness, I think, as human beings. Of even if we aren't legitimately actually that busy, we tend to fill our time with busy work. Uh, in the last year, I've cut out. I don't watch television much anymore. 
I watch one or two different shows and they're little 30 minute sitcoms. I watch with my daughters right before bed. That's our cuddle up time. I sit down and cuddle up with my girls when we watch one calm show, some kind of sitcom. I love Last Man Standing. Uh, we used to watch The Big Bang Theory and Young Sheldon. And we'll watch one show and then do songs and prayers and off to bed. And that has become pretty much all the television I watch. And this is from a guy who I used to own over 400 DVDs. I own over a thousand movies at this point. Um, years and years of buying. That was my thing. I love to watch movies. You are blockbuster. Video. I am. Um, which is great when you have children because you know, then you have all the kids movies, right? But I've cut out a lot of television out of my life this last year because I started realizing how much time I was losing filling it with unnecessarily keeping up with television shows. That actually really bothered me. But we're excellent at being overly busy, I think. And so finding a way. So for a while, I actually downloaded a gratitude app on my phone. If you guys have iPhones or Androids, there, there are free gratitude apps on all the app stores. And some of them have like little inspirational thoughts. And some of them are just like, you know, Here's three lines. Fill in three things every single day. I um, like that. I'm gonna. I'll go to the app store. Yeah, right. This. It's a free app you can Check put on your phone. Thank and you. Um, one of the things I do with my children, or I used to do, I need. I actually broke the habit. I need to get back in the habit. Is every night after we did songs and prayers, I ask my children, you know, what's one thing someone did for you today? What is one thing that you did for somebody else today and what is one thing you're just very grateful for today right that, that was my three questions the girls had answered before they went to bed because I wanted to get them into this mindset of being grateful for what's going on in their lives so there are a lot of different practices there's uh, some people meditate you ever try meditation yes and I'm not good at it well uh because I've tried it doesn't mean I'm good at it, but <laughs> this idea of listening, listening in and creating some moments of stillness, mm-hmm. some uh, quiet to um, give God space to speak into my life. And a lot of times that space, it's not like for me personally, I just always hear something. It's It's a time of reflection as well, but I've had some moments when I've had thoughts that were distinctly not my own thoughts. Right? Like, yeah, that's too good to really kind of emanate from me. That that might be something I should consider that to check it out. Is, is God trying to say something to me? It usually takes me a while to kind of sort through that. I I wish I could. Oh yeah, it's God talking to me, and I know that. No, nah, I, I I require uh, thought and evaluation, but. Um, Meditation is wow. You can do an entire podcast on it. It's powerful. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually heard some of the guys I I follow on other podcasts uh, go extensively into meditation. It's not something I've done a podcast on yet because I have failed. <laughs> so bad. Um, I tried it. Hey, well, you're the fallible man. It's yeah, fun. yeah. I I named it that way. My wife actually asked me. She's like, "Why did you call your?" your business, your podcast, The Fallible Man. I was like, because I want to be relatable. None of us are perfect. 
I, that's what up front I want people to understand. I'm not claiming perfection or that I even have all the answers. You know, I, I want that up front. I'm just a guy trying to make myself better every day and trying to help other people get there too. Um, but I actually tried it a bit when I got, first got out of the military. Um, my stint in the military was a, a train wreck and that is a whole other podcast. Uh, you and I have talked about it before and it, it was just a, a nightmarish train wreck. Um, but ended very badly with me addicted to drugs and a few other things. And so when I first got out of the military, I actually, uh, like I had a little area where I had some candles and just a clear spot on the floor and there was nothing else in the room because I, I need, I'm very aware of things. Like I said, that's why I don't sleep well. And so any kind of distraction, loud noises, visuals. So it was a very dark room with a couple candles and uh, just a couple of little things that meant something to me emotionally. And it helped for a while. Then it didn't. Uh, that was back and forth with uh, whether alcohol was more helpful or meditation at the time. Unfortunately, meditation did went out on that one for a while. But I, I've seen, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about the idea of meditation is that it takes something like that. Right, we think of meditation. We think of pictures of Buddhist monks sitting cross-legged in a Zen garden, in just this absolute stillness. Are people in these weird contorted positions that my body does not fold into? And that's the, what we think about when we think about meditation. I think, um, I think that people don't understand that concept well, and so a lot of men shy away from it because that's that's the pictures we see. Right, we're very visual animals, yeah. and so I, I think that is for a lot of us this concept of what meditation looks like. So I think a lot of guys shy away from that. I think guys like to be. Um, I'll speak for myself. I, I do some of my better thinking when I'm in motion. Um, it's not that I I can't or can't can't benefit from or don't even practice um, stillness, mm-hmm. um, but. Being in motion, that's where walking has been uh, kind of a cool discovery of late. Uh, being in motion and yet without uh, some other task at hand, really I, my, then my mind and spirit kind of open up and I, I'm able to think about and uh, access and listen and observe in my own spirit and try to listen for God and do a review of my life better when I'm in motion. So some on this idea of meditation being stillness, it, that can be one form of it. But, um, yeah, again, like I said earlier, being in motion, I've discovered a new way to access gratitude, thoughts of gratitude and giving it. Well, I mean, scientists have demonstrated that men communicate better when they're doing something. We, we talk to each other better. We talk to other people side-by-side uh, side more than face-to-face and usually in motion doing something, right? So that makes sense. My my peace of mind is my motorcycle. That's, that's me time. That's when I get out and clear my head and just need to have clear thought. I don't want to say I meditate on a motorcycle because someone's going to like think I'm a <laughs> danger to society, like deadly to be around or something. But that is honestly, that's for me, that's where I go to clear my head. 
They're they're in the gym. Um, the the gym is just that's my motorcycle in the gym. That's where I go to get out of my head and to get a clear focus on other things. So, um, so I think there's a lot of ways you can practice gratitude to be more aware of it in your life. Uh, I, I brought up the phone app just because for a lot of us, right, we're attached to our phones, uh, unfortunately to an uncomfortable extent, I believe, I, I think is actually unhealthy for us at this point, but right. Everything is on your phone anymore. So it, it's like, I know you have a Bible app on your phone, right? And I think I have three. Um, it's just more convenient at this point because it's all right there. So that's why I mentioned the app. But I actually like your idea of writing on butcher paper. Well, and credit where credit is due. That's completely Diane's idea. In fact, uh, one of the things that I'll be adding to that that newest um, ream of paper that we're now writing Thanksgiving thoughts on is um, they opened up the state of Washington that oversees the, the WIAA, the Washington Interstellation. Interscholastic Athletic Association. They oversee high school sports. And they opened up these uh, three-week windows of coaching periods. So uh, different sports uh, that have been shut down for months could mm-hmm. have at least uh, practices. So we we got to practice baseball in October and November. It's, like, well, it's <laughs> not our normal season. But um, it was really kind of sanctuary for me. Uh, hitting ground balls and fly balls and throwing batting practice for three weeks, uh, a, you know, a few weeks ago. And I told Diane, Hey, I'm going to, I've got something with stick figures that I want to depict on our Thanksgiving school. And it's going to be, um, stick figures hitting and fielding baseballs. Um, we need to build you like a batting cage in your backyard for you. Oh. Well, we got one over in the high school, an indoor one and an outdoor one, so mm-hmm. I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't swing the bat like I used to, and I never really... Uh, I was real, really forgettable at the plate. Well, for that matter, on the mound as well, but um, <laughs> but real forgettable at the plate. Yeah. Let's move on from... The, yeah, and we'll just go on from there. I'm going to train wreck. It's my baseball career. Um. Okay, I want to round this out by talking about how it affects your perspective. How do you think gratitude affects your overall perspective? We touched on it a little bit with uh, socially, but you know, as as we're all aware at this time, the world is not what we are used to or accustomed to. This year has been very rough. Um, I just wrote a blog on my website joking about coronavirus and murder hornets, and you know. Tegus and all the horrible things that have happened this year. Uh, did, have you, did you see the Tegu story? A lot of people missed that. No. Um, so Tegus are actually sold in pet stores, in some pet stores. They're a monitor family lizard, right? Uh, they're in the Komodo dragon family kind of monitor lizards, right? And they can get three and a half, four feet long. Well, they're pets in some places in the country. They're legal as pets. But they're not native. They're South American. Well, they found them in the Carolinas. Like the month after the murder hornets story broke, they found like a, a colony of tegus living in the Carolinas. These are carnivorous three-foot lizards. Great. That's what we need. <laughs> right? 
uh, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's like living with alligators. You just learn they're there, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's been anything but a normal year. So how would you say gratitude helps shape your worldview in, in this time? Um, so I'm going to refer to um, a resource that, again, um, God used my bride to put me onto. Um, Diane is, um, she's carnivorous when it comes to podcasts. And right? so she's, she listens to and really kind of, um, gets good resources and she's listening to lots of podcasts. So she was listening to this podcast called Supper Strong. It's a podcast by Catherine and Jay Wolf. Um, so I was listening to a couple of episodes and, very briefly, the story of Catherine and Jay Wolf is that they were a young couple married in the early 2000s. He was going to law school. Um, she was a young mother, but also had a dream of being a model. And they were just kind of living their best, you know, idyllic life. Um, they had a little boy. Uh, she was 26, and then she had a massive brain, brain stem stroke. And um, it left her... Well, they thought she was going to die. 16 hours of surgery, removing half her cerebellum, um, years of rehab, um, left her uh, impaired, a broken body. But they they went on through, she, she made it through, they went on and uh, this, they established Hope Heals. It's, they wrote a book called Hope Heals. They have a foundation called Hope Heals. They run camps for people who have suffered disabilities. And one of the things that I, that just has struck me recently about uh, gratitude is that, I uh, like how Catherine Wolf said it, we are conditioned to wait until we get to the end of something and we experience our desired outcome. Um, whatever it is that we deem is best. And we wait to celebrate and be thankful until we get to that point. Well, how does that work in the midst of COVID where there just doesn't seem to be an end in sight, right? How do you, do you wait and wait and wait? And um, as I was pondering this idea of rebelling against that idea that we hit pause until we get to some preferred outcome. Uh, Catherine and Jay Wolf were saying, we can have a, uh, a rebellion against how we're conditioned and in fact say, no, we're going to rejoice in the midst. We're going to be thankful in the midst of. And that, that really goes along right in line. Jesus had a brother named James. He, he ended up becoming probably the premier leader of the church that formed in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem actually was a, the church that, that was the first church that formed of Christians. It was a, a not a wealthy church. They suffered um, brutal um, uh, persecution. And James actually was the leader of that church where he wrote something and which is always kind of confusing to me, but he wrote something to the effect of, count it all joy when you encounter various trials and troubles of, of different kinds. And I'm like, 
Well, what have you been smoking? Are you serious? Are you? you, you <laughs> when you encounter trouble, you should count that as joy. But James understood, and he, he was a disciple of his own earthly brother, but his Lord, who was Jesus, had taught him this concept that Jay and Catherine Wolf have happened upon again, that, that it's kind of woken me up again to this idea that I wait to be grateful until something is, until I'm at the end of my preferred outcome. I wait to rejoice. And that's a mistake, I think, because I'm trying then to do something on a tank that's running more and more empty and getting low. And so, Rejoicing in the midst of being thankful in the midst of difficulty uh, is really, ironically, uh, a filling experience. So, for your viewers here, for the brothers that are watching, maybe, maybe you've gone through something and you feel like my tank is low. I, I have that. My tank was really low when they canceled our baseball season. We had seven seniors that I coached for three years, and they were and they had significant playing time. Mm -hmm. We were we had a chance to to do something that hadn't been done with Quincy baseball for a while, right? And there there've been some really good coaches and really good players down the line, but man, we were looking at something that had had us excited, and then it was gone. And I remember just feeling down. And that was early in the process. And uh, I, I probably would have benefited, Brent, back then, of counting it all joy and being thankful and rejoicing in the midst before I got to my preferred outcome. But, you know, I, I, thankfully, I've, I've been prompted and reminded and encouraged to do that. And so... Returning again to the practice of gratitude in the midst of difficulty. Um, it, it, we discover every time we do it, we discover, oh yeah, that's the rhythm of somebody that is an overcomer. That's the rhythm and the practice of somebody who is a conqueror. All guys want to overcome and conquer. Um, doesn't sound very tough to say, are you a man of rejoicing? Are you a man of thanksgiving and gratitude? But the reality is, men who overcome and who conquer and are not swept away by trouble, but stand their ground in the middle of it. Sure as shooting, those are guys that are practicing gratitude and um, you know, I, I always feel like I'm late to the party. I, 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 I felt that way again, like, but very thankful for a patient wife and, and persistently good resources that come our way. This is a great resource, right? There's somebody that will watch this that just needs an encouragement and a prompting to say, give this a try. So anyway, that's that's probably an enduring thought for me in the midst of COVID. Like, Sean, you know this is this is the way you make it through. 
several years ago, I was privileged to meet somebody who uh, I've met him several times. I won't call him a friend, but I've talked to him several times. Uh, I haven't got to spend as much time with him as I'd like to. But I met Casey in like just one of those perfect moments. My friend from at Commando OCR, he's going to kill me for telling this story. We were down at a Spartan Sprint race in Washougal, Washington. They call it the Portland Sprint, but it's actually in Washington. Um, and both of us, like, we drove down there on Friday night to stay the night and do this about three and a half, four mile event. And obstacle course events can take a lot out of people, especially if they're not in great shape. And uh, my friend Dave at Common Man OCR is on his own health journey, trying to reclaim 20 plus years of being an IT guy, uh, sitting at a desk, working on a computer, a lot of unnecessary, unwanted extra weight, stuff like that. So it's been a really rough process. And we had a horrible, like we, we got there Friday night and both of us were sick. I mean, all night in the hotel, we're both coughing and like choking. and Nobody's getting any sleep. We're trying not to throw up. And it's like, we came all the way down here. We're going to do this. And I honestly wasn't sure he was going to go to the starting line. Um, so we get a couple miles into this and I keep having to remind myself, just keep moving. Don't stop. Just keep moving. When you stop, that's when things start to hurt. Just keep moving. And we were in between obstacles and you could see the next obstacle coming up probably a couple hundred yards away from it. And he's like, I got to sit down. I said, no, dude. He's like, dude, I will meet you on the other side. Just back off. Leave me alone. And I'm thinking, what am I going to say to him to get him off that rock and moving again? And I look back, and all I, all I could do is laugh and say, thank you, God. And I turned around and started walking away. And all these people were going by, like, come on. You know, everybody's very positive about these events. Like, for those of us who are Realist, right? It's not the term you used. <laughs> it's a little sickening. And so, uh, he, he was, I mean, he was ready to bite the head off the next person who was like, come on, you can do it. Right? He was hurting. He was tired and sick. This guy pats him on the shoulder, says, come on, brother, you can do it. Just keep going. And he turned around to bite this guy's head off and met Casey McAllister. Casey doesn't have legs from here down. Casey puts a burlap sack or a leather sack over his lower torso and goes through these races on his fist. And Dave had a come to Jesus moment, for lack of better uh, description, because instant humility. He said, you know, just this moment of gratitude. I was like, what am I complaining about? I can walk. We actually went through most of the rest of the event with Casey and gotten to know him some more since. But Casey is a motivational speaker at this point. But Casey has this incredible, upbeat, grateful personality. He is just constantly just... And I mean, he has his down days like everybody else, but he is grateful for every minute of his life. And I don't, I don't even know if he was born that way or if he lost his legs in an accident or I, I don't know the backstory. But I know he is just, he's grateful for every moment. He's got kids and a wife and uh, I've seen him, I follow his social media. So I, I've seen him like 
walking on the countertops at his house, swinging between counterprops to get things off the top of the fridge for his children to make their breakfast and stuff. And it's like, Casey just put in perspective for my friend this moment, and at the same time, it affected him in a gratitude sense because Casey was so grateful just to be out there doing this that it completely just changed my friend's outlook on things. And gratitude has that powerful effect of just changing the way you look at the world. Now, we're going to get along here, and I want to burn you out on time. So we're going to do something, guys, that we've never done here on The Fallible Man before. And on this Thanksgiving, we just want to say a prayer for you and yours. In this time of difficulty in the United States and all over the world, in this time when we're taking a few minutes to reflect on being thankful for what we do have and all the incredible blessings in our life, we want to offer a prayer up for you. So Sean is going to say a prayer for you and your loved ones if you would just take a few minutes and join us, and then we'll wrap things up. What an honor uh, it is to offer a prayer. I would just say before I do that that um, if you're not familiar with who God is, I, I, I am. I've been a follower of his. I'm not, I am a fallible follower of Jesus Christ. But I'm certainly not perfect, but I, I do know this about him. He knows who you and I are. And whether you know it or not, he cares very, very much for who you are. And he knows you. So it's that God that I'm praying to. Asking for blessing because he is the one that gives blessing. So I invite you to join me in this. Oh, where would we be at, uh, Lord, without you? You were the one that thought us up before the foundations of the earth. You knew that we would come to you. You would give us life. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for giving life to me, to Brent and to all of the people that are watching this. And I ask, would you bless my friends that are watching this today? Would you bring blessing into their life? Helping them through the difficult troubles that they might be in. And I pray, Lord, that you would give to them the blessing that comes with gratitude. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach me and Brenton the guys that are watching this, how to be grateful men. We give you thanks today for your help, your love, and for the life that you've given to us. And God, we pray to you with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Guys, I'm grateful for you joining us today. Sean, thank you for taking the time and being with us today here on the Fallible Man Podcast. Guys, I'm going to put some videos up right here. If you enjoyed what you're hearing, check out the rest of our playlist. Uh, we have episodes every week, as well as our website. Thanks for spending time with us. From our family at the Fallible Man to yours, happy Thanksgiving, and may God bless you. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.